But I do have the, the stamina to do this. Breaking news. Here we are outside. Oh, my God. I'm peeking. Oh, my God. I'm peeking off of his fucking tabs, dude. I'm losing it. A man peeking on the side of the street and no one seems to care. Here we are outside of at cars. <laughs> Two reporters interrupting each other at the same time. Welcome to this broadcast. Yeah, it's the news, baby. Welcome to Meet the Press. We Our ratings are down, so we thought, why not add a second reporter that's reporting at the same time? Twice the reporting, say, same slice of the buffalo. Yeah, you know, got to milk all the meat. Out of the bones. Anyways, we're here today because uh, Los Angeles City Council member Michael Luxenberg has been asked to resign uh, for referring to a few certain groups as uh, the gamers and the console players. Yeah, well, I my quotes were taken out of context. Um, <laughs> this, yeah. I was talking about the this is the you know. this is the reporter and and also the interviewee. Yep. Um, <laughs> I, you know, well, I've had to pick up a second job during my leave of absence from the council. So um, what do you have to say for yourself? Uh, do you really think that uh, console players are somehow uh, less than PC players? Do they deserve to be represented by you? Now, what I was saying is that when you look in my district, you have a lot of PC players. Of course. And there's a few console players, but they don't really move the needle sort of in terms of a voting block or like a financial element. Oh, so, so they're just they're just numbers to you, these console players. So well, what I was saying is that, look, if we have to make choices about where we're going to invest our money and our energy, it's got to be the PC players. And if some console players lose out on that. Sorry. Wow. Well, you know, Enjoy this all your sounds, PlayStation. I, you know, that those words may anger some activists on the left, but you know, this in context does seem to be above board. Um, unfortunately, the rest of that audio leak tape from you uh, was also filled with a lot of racial slurs, and I think yeah, that's more. That's something we people, can all agree on, though. I think those sure. are all things we can all say. You know, we get it. It's normal. And, yeah. I said a lot to, of things and, about that adopted that, child. Right. Um, and I think, you know, just sort of saying what everyone's thinking about this two-year-old boy. Wait, which one's the two-year-old boy? Um, Mike Bonin's kid, the, a bunch of that Nuri Martinez and them were saying oh, slurs about. Right, 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 right. Yeah. The the boy who lived. Yeah. Yeah, he's the new <laughs> Harry Potter. Um, he has a he's a he's a uh, an LA City Council shaped scar on his forehead. <laughs> Very complex scar. It's got eleven sure. people. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is. You're, you, listen, the lightning bolt is gonna. It, it looks good and you know. Uh, this one is gonna be a little denser. Yes. Yeah. It has the, it has a DSA guy reaching to try and grab the microphone away from Mitch O'Farrell. <laughs> Yeah, it, it yeah, exactly. It has the current roster. Yeah, so it'll it's very dated. Um but folks, uh welcome uh welcome back to Game Boys uh reporter edition. You know, I've been uh I've been away. I've been on on sabbatical. Um reporter sabbatical. Uh, but it's good to be back here in the driver's seat. Um I really enjoyed last week's episode. 
Shout out uh, to Rory and Alex for coming on and doing the thing. Really incredible investigative reporting. And uh, yeah, of course, you know, I'm happy to be here with my co-host Lux. That's me. I'm Lux. And I think that Lux really did a phenomenal job at putting together an hour of a podcast. I mean, they did run two ads at back to back of the same thing, but there was some charm to it. Yeah. I mean, I that was, you know, I was... Yes, anding my, so what my yes co-host who said we should that's, do that again. That's what I was wondering what happened. Because I, I think in the edit, it, you they maybe the part got cut where you were encouraged to, to do it think, a second time. I think Haley so, trimmed the part where Rory and Alex were yeah. like, we got to do again. We got to do it. Because they were so underwhelmed with your, with your first read. No, they just, I think they, Alex... And Alex felt like he misunderstood the assignment, which was that I was going to read the ad and they could interrupt me. And Alex uh, felt like yeah. he didn't do enough interrupting the first time. So we wanted to do it again. Yeah, almost no interrupting. Yeah. Because, so yeah. well, you know, ads come at you fast. You blink, you might just miss them. Um, yeah. Well, not on this one. This oh. one, the ad was technically eight minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it was a decent chunk of the of the pod there. But, uh, you know, uh, another name was mentioned, of course, uh, Haley, our producer here again. So happy to have her. Um, and uh, yeah, it's spooky times. It's spooky seasons. And, you know, spooky times create spooky men or they create scared men. Spooky they times create, create scared men. They create scared trembling men. men. Create yeah. safe times. Yes, safe yes. times create scared well, men or create. Well, safe times create Thanksgiving. Safe times create Thanksgiving. <laughs> Thanksgiving creates lazy men. Yeah, lazy exactly. men create spooky times. Spooky mm-hmm. times create scared men. Yep. Mm-hmm. And if only we could scare those men spooky, you know? Yeah. But I'm, yeah, I, I'm so excited to go to local middle schools for my scared spooky program <laughs> where I talk to children about Halloween until they get so scared that they dress that way all year round. Well, you have to talk to children about how they're not scared enough. Yeah, is is the thing you have to fill them with the fear. I say, Timmy, what do you think when you see a ghost? And Timmy goes, I think it's spooky. And I go, do you think that it's going to take over your body and make you kill your parents? Yep. And he goes, mm-hmm. no. And I go, well, you got to get something to learn, Timmy. Check out this video I made. Yeah. And mine's mine's more mine's more uh, sensory. I, I come in and I, I immediately scrape the chalkboard. And if it's one of those, uh, you know, new modern marker boards then I play chalkboard scraping off my computer, <laughs> I come and in and I scrape <laughs> the smart electrical whiteboard and I electrocute yep. myself so they can see my bones. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. The electricity shoots through my body. And if those kids aren't scared spooky at that point, well, then you know what? It's maybe it's a society thing and it's definitely not us. Um, so it's spooky season. I'm so excited to talk about, um, video games and, uh, yeah, I don't even, I don't know where should, where should we begin this week? I don't, I don't know what, what, I don't know where I'm at. I don't know if I'm thinking small, local, if I'm thinking global. Well, uh, we already hit that the LA council's like, turns out to be insanely racist as predicted. I'll do uh, one, yep. one funny Let's note go. on that that I've enjoyed. <laughs> Haley should cut back to the Game Boys episode where we predicted the L.A. City Council would be racist. Well, I think Let's, we all, you know, um, but I think. One funny Let's thing. Come that back I, to that. Let's go. Wait, wait, we're cutting back. Wow. Um, I can't believe it's August of 2019. And I really think the L.A. City Council is going to turn out to be pretty racist sometime in the next three, three and a half years. 
I think you couldn't be further from the truth. These guys are clean. They're so they're sewed up tight. Okay. And they're um they're Latinx. Not all of them, but even the Latinx ones can get racist. But I guess we'll see. Maybe you're right. I'm pretty confident. I'm willing, them. I'm willing to put my house, I'm willing to put a lot of money on the line for this. Okay. I'm I'm willing to lose it all and bet big that the LA City Council is the most progressive woke radical left council that we've ever ever seen okay but if they are racist then you have to give me the big tv that you'll be getting in that about I'll be getting 18 in months in a, in a, yeah yeah two years from now when i receive that big tv deal buddy <laughs> Um, right. so my lawyer is going to be looking into that tape. It does sound altered. Uh, it does. That doesn't sound like me. It kind of sounds like you got some, you know, there's been so many episodes of the show that you might be able to create some sort of voice mod yeah, of me or well, something. I, yeah. Your lawyer contacted me about if I could, if I tried to make a deep fake and actually asked me to make a deep fake and it came out really bad. So I think <laughs> I'm looking pretty safe in court. Um, but yeah, like. The thing that I think is funny about this is that all of a sudden when this happened, a lot of like California Republican people are like, wow, all these racists were Democrats. And it's like, yeah, because you guys just don't have to get caught on tape being racist. You just do that like day to day regular policy. Your Internet is going out, but I, I, your traditional classic leftist rant, I could understand and decipher it even even without the internet, I got like a fragment, a digital fragments of every sentence. And I was like, yep, I know where we're at now. Brand is strong. <laughs> yeah. Your internet is terrible, but it's been fucking I, me all day as you're aware. Yeah. Maybe that's our new enemy. Big web. Now that the city council's taken itself down, I think we have to move on to big web. I think you're right. Yeah. Um, so that's the that's the city council. They don't they don't uh, they don't like, you know, black people and they don't like console players. Uh, but, you know, what? this is great because, you know, clean them out. Let's get some let's get some, you know, let's get some uh, some black people, some some more Asian people. Let's get um let's get Nintendo Switch owners. And uh, you know what? Hey, the Google Stadia uh, constituency, you know, I know they're going through tough times. Uh, let's really let's 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 bring a new L.A. Yeah, let's build a new L.A. and let's include people whose gaming platform was canceled by Google. <laughs> The people yeah, to whom let's, Google let's, said, you don't get to have games anymore. I'm sorry. Stadia that's is a, over. That's a, that's a good segue. Stadia. Who cares? I'll tell you who does. Me. Because I acquired for free a Google Stadia controller. And I hadn't opened it yet. But I was planning on it. So this hurts. This doesn't. I, I'm hurting a lot. You had one of those calendars, like a big calendar. It's, and then, it's somewhere over here. And it just has the days X'd off. Like until the big circled Stadia day, the now is a frowny face. All right, well, Griffin's oh, yeah, digging around is. through his shelves. Yeah, oh, Griffin's shelves is. the same as my gaming shelf, but it's uh, black instead of white. Wow, progressive. Um, uh, I yeah, nice. listen, I, another all all of my furniture, my my chair, my mic. Um, but unfortunately, some things are stuck in the past, like my white white Google Stadia controller. Um, so, oh, okay. 
So this is the Google Stadia control. I like how we're doing a product unveil for a canceled uh, fucking uh, thing. That's for what we love for. a product on a audio medium. So yeah, I would describe this controller as like kind of close to like a Nintendo Switch Pro controller in terms of like vibe and size. Um, it's kind of got like a it's 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 compact it's small it's it's definitely like more comfortable than like these like meaty monsters that you get on like the ps5 and the xbox these days that are just like these like huge beasts in your hands um you know the joysticks they're nice you know this is a nice controller i think this is a great controller i i'm willing to invest get in big um well, the sad thing is folks it's over party's over uh stadia is dead um and it was never a good idea to begin with and I, I it's like i don't think anyone should ever do like trust anything google ever does right it's like why would yeah, you yeah i mean that's the thing is that i think the stadia is a really good example of like the way that a lot of these tech companies will throw out a product and be like we are fully committed to making this happen so you should pay for it and we got your back and they'll pull the plug in an instant if the numbers don't like meet the thing and that puts consumers in a tough place because it's not it's like like the Dreamcast, for instance, or Saturn came out and maybe didn't get as much hardware support as you would have liked because they didn't sell as well as, as Sega would have liked. But like you owned the device and you owned the games for it and you could keep those at your house and they were yours and it's fine. Um, and with Stadia and the cloud stuff, the the cost of those plugs getting pulled and that support getting pulled is substantially higher for the people who invested in it. Because a lot of that stuff you can't access or deal with once they shut down those servers and those systems. Yeah. And I mean that, but that's, and that's like technically true of everything in games. I mean, like there's no reason for Sony to keep all the PS3 titles and the PS4 titles up on like a a database for people to like re-download to their libraries whenever they want to like all all media is going to get erased it's happening faster than normal but i do think we have to have like a question of like at what point does it not is it not like socially destructive because like you know okay i'm born in the 90s i have no idea like the breadth and amount and content of films in the 60s even. I know a decent amount, a few here or there in the 60s and 70s, but so much of that content has already been lost to time. Um, At like what point or like what's the time span before we can like get sad that it's like not available, I guess is what I'm asking. I mean, I think... In our lifetimes, I guess. I think that's all. I think you always can, because I do think that like ever since those 60s, 70s and stuff, this question of like archivists and conservation and like maintaining media and maintaining like the history of media and media libraries has been like a discussed thing, right? Like the question of like, how do we make sure that copies of these films still exist or make sure that people have access to whatever. And I think that increasingly that question is getting ignored and kind of like hand waved by these digital by large digital media distributors and i think that like it sucks and even now you can be sad about it just because like as you say like increasingly the stuff that we like to have is going to be increasingly difficult to access once some like random guys like you know what it costs more server space to keep infinity train on hbo max than it does to delete infinity train from hbo max you know yeah yeah And, and i guess it's like but like i think about like my fucking grandma and she's like She's like not 
insanely. I I think I think pres, I think preservation and conservation of grandma is the only solution. I don't I don't want to delete her. I don't want to empty my recycle bin. I'm keeping grandma. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that there it's it's true that like older generations maybe are less sort of tapped into this idea that everything is impermanent, but like increasingly just the ownership of things and access to things is becoming the realm of like weird tech dudes. And I think that that's like like Stadia is sort of like a like the sort of like, I don't know, emblematically disastrous iteration of what that looks like. <laughs> Yeah, and I think ultimately, if you want to look at it from just a ground perspective of someone, it's like people don't really need another platform right now. Like people just want good content on the things they own. Like no one's like no one's like really searching for like a new way to like experience TV or like a new way to play video games. They just want more games. Yeah, I mean an emblem like a really on the nose iteration of this is this whole like meta Microsoft deal that was signed where they're like, we're going to integrate teams and outlook discussion and chat stuff into the metaverse where you can wear a helmet to go to digital work. And it's like, no one wants that. And it's just moving more and more stuff into the realm of like various digital, like platform ownership and stuff. And it's the same kind of thing as you're saying with these, it's like with stadia, it's just this thing where like nobody, nobody is at, uh, home being like boy I wish I could really pretend I was at the office the same way no one is like clamoring for Stadia to be like man I need a new platform for these games like you say it's just like making work from home technology better making the technology we use on like the platforms like your, the games that come out on PlayStation 5 on Xbox whatever making those yeah, like, better that's like what people want because they have the infrastructure for it already if they wanted to get into gaming they should have just made like graphics cards or something like something people want yeah. like it, it just it just seems like it, it, I don't know. It, it's like it, creating more platforms. It's like it all reminds me of like late night TV. It's like no, there's 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 already too many people don't want anymore. They just want games. Uh, they that? want actual good content. They don't need another late night show. Or do they? Hosted by a little someone named me and you. I'd like to make an announcement right here. Uh, me and me and Lux are taking keep this all in Haley. Me and Lux are it's official. We're the cats out of the bag. Me and Lux are the new co-hosts of Full Frontal with Samantha B. Um Lux is going to be the Samantha cuz he's definitely the Samantha of the group and I'll be the B. That's true. Because uh I have got a I love to sting ya. I love I love to make people hurt. Uh, and yeah, also you're the most like Paul, Jerry Seinfeld out of all of us, but I'm also a giver and I'm keeping the world together by spreading, uh, you know, pollen and spreading seeds across um, the land like, um, like a bee. And that's going to be good. That's going to be a good show. Can we talk about Overwatch two? Yeah, let's do it. I thought that was uh, as good a time as ever talk about Overwatch two. Um, yeah. Tell me about Overwatch 2. It's good. Overwatch has always been good. It's just their management of the of the property in the franchise that's been bad always. And that hasn't changed either. <laughs> um yeah, it's a really weird time. Um it's interesting because there's two big lines of thought here with this game. The first is that it's not a 
traditional uh, sequel at all. Not a sequel. It's an update. And the other popular thought is that it's very fun to play and no one has many complaints about the gameplay. So it's really interesting. It's like people are simultaneously saying, oh, this isn't new at all. But everyone is like praising the gameplay, praising the new changes they have made, taking it from a 6v6 arena fighter to a 5v5 um, and then tweaking and, and balancing a lot of the heroes um making the game free so, to play uh there, there's a lot of positives here so tell me about the changes and the way this game works in a little bit more detail because i haven't touched it at yeah. all i've only me, seen people talking about it in various discords i'm in and shit yeah uh, you're right i've let seen me, a lot of really mixed reactions yeah I, um so i think that people are are generally primed to you know, for some reason, for, for probably a lot of reasons, like not be into this, the release of this because people don't like to feel swindled or and people, I think, are already kind of like built into like not to be wary of like microtransactions and in, in games that like are free to play, but then cost money in ways. Um, all natural things. But I do think sometimes it gets people a little too jaded to like appreciate what's right in front of them, which is like an incredible experience that people get to play for free um, that, you know, is going to have some downsides because incredible experiences cost massive amounts of human labor to create. Um, just because you're playing it for free doesn't mean it was made for free. Um, so I do think that people need to kind of take all that together when they think about this. But yeah, so the big changes are, you know, Overwatch one was a six V six shooter with um, a list of heroes and you paid full price, $60. Uh, and then there was um, basically loot boxes that you could buy. Loot boxes okay. were essentially like kid gambling. You could just like buy a bunch and try to get legendary skins. But the big kind of positive I thought about Overwatch one was if you played a decent amount and really loved the game, then you were earning little bits of microtransaction currency that entire time and could actually go ahead and buy skins on your own for free. So you pay up front 60 bucks, never pay again. And there's supposed to be an expected amount of updates. The problem was there really wasn't that many updates and there wasn't that much of a content schedule. So the lack of content for the game uh, kind of led it to die. And then because it still cost like a big price tag, anywhere between 40 and $60, depending on what sale you were looking at at what time, um, the population of people playing started to shrink a lot. And then it started to be only the sweatiest people who put like 5,000 hours into the game. So if you were a new player, you pay full price for this game. Queues are really long. And then you get into a game and you can never win because you're playing against elites, elite freaks. Um, so there's a lot of reasons why Overwatch 1 failed. Um, Overwatch 2 is supposed to be a PvE and PvP game. That's what's supposed to be the new part. But they had to push the PVE side of the game because it was not ready. And they're saying they're going to release it sometime in 2023. Uh, but they were so scared of just not having anything to do for the game for so long that they just pushed the PVP side out early. Um, there are new maps that are really cool. These maps genuinely do feel like a sequel because 
when you play them, they're really beautiful. There's a lot more vantage points and a lot more different vertical types of terrain. There's a lot more uh, hidden areas and, and sort of sort of secret angles that you can hit. Uh, and the maps are just much more dense with exits and entry points. Whereas when you look at the Overwatch one maps and you and they're on a playlist where you play through all of them, when you're on an Overwatch one map, it feels like you're going back in time. It does feel like a previous game. The maps are a lot more simplistic in Overwatch 1. If you are a, a ranged character, there's probably like maybe two spots you can pick, maybe three at any kind of given point of a map. And that really, I didn't realize at the time, but really like constricted the narratives. Um, you know, uh, constricted like the possibilities and outcomes of like what could happen. Um, okay, so that all sounds pretty interesting. How does the gameplay as like a guy with the controller and some guys like how does that part of it feel? I mean, it feels great. Uh, 5v5, I think actually was a real big uh, positive change. A lot of people are worried because, I mean, the whole Overwatch League was built around 6v6. So you're literally cutting off like a 20% of the teams. 16.6%. Point. So there, thank you, thank you. I was I was rounding up, um, but five v five does a lot. It makes the game um, a lot clearer and chaotic in new ways, but less chaotic in in bad ways. Because you know, I felt like in Overwatch, a lot of the time you kill one guy, but then there's like three other guys right there banging you out. In 5v5, there's a lot more 1v1s. Um, there's a lot more um, abilities to kind of just see clearly what's happening on the battlefield. And um, now there's only one tank, uh, two, DP two DPS, and two healers. Um, so... That stuff is all, I think, really positive. A lot of heroes have been sort of tweaked and some of their moves have been changed or rebalanced um, to make all of that play work more. The tanks, because there's only one, they're, they're a lot juicier. They feel like you're, you kind of feel like a raid boss in a lot of ways. Cool. Um, then the, the healers have been kind of split up more into like people that give out juicy heals and then people that can heal but need to also do damage in order to like really contribute to the team. They're kind of cool. like 50 50s. So I have two more questions. Uh, first is, um, do are there any new guys? Um, there are new characters. Uh, there is only one new character right now, and she okay. is a heal, a healer DPS named Kiriko. But if you haven't been playing in recent months, there have been a lot of other characters released. Um, and uh, I would say that. The heroes is actually my first problem uh, with the game because there's there's two things going on. One, one is kind of my my take and then I'll go to like the bigger problem at large. I don't think Overwatch needs more heroes. Um, I think that it just makes the game more unbalanced. I think it's harder for new people to hop into the game because you have to know all the other characters abilities in order to counter them, in order to play effectively and competently. Um, even me now, as someone who's played hundreds and hundreds of hours of Overwatch, I'm looking at three or four new characters being like, I don't really know their abilities and like their meta at all. 
uh, they're total mysteries to me. And I feel like I have to do homework on them. That's even worse for a new player. Uh, it's bad for the balance of the game. We don't want new heroes. I want new content. I want new ways to like express myself in that world. I want a hub world like in the tower in Destiny where I can see other players and show off my skins and things I've acquired. Um, you know, I, I want new modes and, and, and I want like new, I want mounts. I want I want before I want fucking uh, new heroes to complicate the meta. Um, and so I think that's just like a big problem. I, I, do you agree? Do you what do you feel about that? I mean, that makes sense to me. I, like I said, I haven't played it, but I, I one thing I was excited about was the idea that there would be new heroes that would like create new approaches to the game and new ways of balancing and new ways of conceiving of like team construction and stuff. Um, so I'm hoping that that develops over time. I guess, because it doesn't sound like it's 100 percent there, although it doesn't like there's gestures towards it and like some of the rebalancing and stuff. Another big Uh, problem is like the the, it makes it it makes it a worse esport because it's impossible to like, you know, tell an audience what's going on if there's that much meta, if there's that much information. Yeah, that can be the, the tricky bit of it. All right. Final question. We got to talk about it. How was the release so fucking terrible? Every the fucking launch was so bad. It was unbelievable how bad it was. Yeah, there's a lot of problems there uh, between like banning prepaid phone plans. So uh, one of our close friends of the pod could not play for the first couple of days with us, uh, which just felt like a colossal fuck up. Um, Blizzard has Those been having problems. So sad. Oh, there's my God. So they're so sad. Are like that are like. I haven't gotten to hang out with my friends because I'm immunocompromised and there's COVID and the way we hung out was playing Overwatch, but now I can't play Overwatch because I'm on this prepaid phone plan and I want to jump into the toilet and drown. Mm -hmm. And there's like millions of those. They, it's such a bummer. What a wild oversight and mistake. Yeah. Yeah. Um, It's tragic. It was some of the saddest like posts I'd ever seen because, you know, Video games are expensive, but even as like a really poor kid, you can find ways to like scrape it together to like finally get that console and that game or two. And like the more and more that we do stuff like this, it's just really disgusting. It's like it's like saying like you can't like play baseball or basketball. It's like some kind of like core yeah, creating these kind of barriers to entry it's that are like, like very. It feels like a core like human right or like hum, core human like human social experience. It's not like it's not like water and food, but it, it's like saying you can't like see movies or something. It's yeah. it's it's a, I mean, such a bummer. It is increasingly becoming the case in the world that we live in that there is like a barrier to entry to like very basic things in that way. But it still fucking sucks. And like that's to- this was like a really necessary one. Um, I mean, they're all unnecessary, obviously, but like that, this is like particularly sort of self-inflicted. The other self-inflicted goof that simply must be discussed is the accidentally buying shit that, and apparently I saw today that they have fixed that error, but will not be refunding any accidental purchases. I think that they are going to have to refund the accidental purchases. I just think they don't know. Illegal. I just think that they don't know how to yet. And they've been trying to keep it all very quiet. Like, I think they like changed it without even like mentioning it. (laughs) They're like, (laughs) like they just like deleted the comment. Essentially they deleted the tweet. 
Um, but the tweet, the spirit of the tweet remains, uh, you know, yeah, that, that stuff is all a fucking mess. But then I think on top of all those like structural fuck ups, there is this sort of like pay to win thing that people are upset about because, uh, what I was going to lead to with my second point on the characters is that characters and new characters are locked behind the battle pass. Um, so essentially what that means is, is battle pass owners can play Kiriko right away. But if you don't own the battle pass, then you have to grind, um, really hard for a long time in order to unlock her for free. Um, now, like if it was like a shorter grind, I think people would be like less mad, but there is this like feeling that more and more people who don't pay for the game are just going to be like disadvantaged and overwatch was always just about like perfection of skill not like paying money to get ahead yeah i mean that's like that's the big loss i think is that like and this is where that sort of comparison to to sports sports kind of becomes exceptionally real to t-sports as we like to call them um is that like increasingly in in t-sports there is like people who can pay for coaching and add special equipment and extra time to practice stuff inevitably get better results and get ahead of, you know, their peers who cannot afford that kind of stuff. Um, and seeing that play out in, in gaming is very frustrating, particularly because like so much of what made esports fun was like, look, you could be someone with zero resources, but except for like a league of legends, um, and just like grind league of legends until like team liquid is like, Hey, Garbo 69, you want to go to fucking Iceland and defeat, you know, whatever other team. Um, and it seems increasingly that that won't be the case with, with this kind of, of pay to win sort of stuff. And it also just takes the fun out of the game as a challenge because you never really know if the people you're beating are people who grinded their way to get there or, and practice and are good or are people who just like bought 55, you know, skins and our body five characters and are just sort of grinding it out and learning how to play and like have that access just because like yeah and it's so and it's an unnecessary overstep and here's why as someone who plays a lot of other battle royales you know apex fortnite call of duty they have cool stuff in their battle passes but they do not like withhold a new type of playable character or something like that. Like that's the, that's yeah. the major overstep here. It's like in Fortnite, you can't like play some sort of new souped out Fortnite character. You just get like the Superman skin or whatever. That's fine. And they, sh- and they, and they could have made enough money just keeping it there. But now that they've like locked the content passes like behind, like within and mixed it together. Like that's the part where they just like went way too fucking far. And, 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 you know, it's something that they can change. Um, but you know, we'll see what happens with it. Ultimately it's still like either one or two in terms of like top, like streamed categories right now on Twitch. It's a very alive and active game. And I think still like, the one positive is, and the one thing that Overwatch One really needed was a larger population of players. It needed more people playing the game, and now it has that again. Um, so, I'm personally happy, but you know, I don't sound happy. No. Well, there's a lot to be frustrated about with this release. Um, do you want to go to an ad, and then I'll we can talk about my new toy when we get back? Yeah, let's go to an ad for Overwatch Two. This was my least favorite ad we've ever done. I don't know any. I don't remember any of the Overwatch characters at all. 
Um, but I tried my best, and I think that's and what matters. And I and I think I peeked through most of it. They're gonna accept the ad anyways. Um, yeah, if they accepted the okay. fucking eight and a half minute one, they'll take this. I think. Um, Welcome back to the show, folks. Before Lux says anything, I just want to say I'm playing Wrath of the Lich King Classic. I'm level seventy nine, and I'm giving it two thumbs way up. All right, amazing. Uh, any particular highlights before we move on, or you want? Is that it? No, great game. Classic is still very alive. A lot of people playing it. Um, and I will track this narrative over time and probably unpack the emotional trauma later. But uh, because I didn't hit level eighty quick enough, my guild demoted me from raider to social. One of the most wow. embarrassing things that can happen to you. Wow, I was denied. <laughs> That's brutal. It is terrible. I'm down. I, social. I'm in the. So, I'm ranked as a social member. Like, oh, I'm just fun to be around, I'm but you can't out. take me seriously. I'm just here to hang out in guild chat. I don't like guild chat. You guys aren't funny. You guys are all old. I'm a raider. God damn it. I'm here. And when kill. I hit level, I'm level seventy nine though, so I don't blame them. You know, I was out of town, but sorry, these freaks. They got level eighty in like two or three days. It's like that's like nonstop playing, and you know what? I respect that. That is a strong grind. Speaking of nonstop playing, um, I got a Steam Deck. And buddy. Oh, here we go. I've been using it. Can I see it? Yeah, it's right. Hold on, where is it? Is it right here? Yeah, it is. Okay, give me one He's sec. pulling it out of his ass. It's just right behind me on the table. You're sitting on it? No, it's just behind <laughs> me. Whoa, cool. It looks very futuristic. It looks like it's coming to beat nintendo switch up and stuff it in a locker i like so while we're looking at the actual machine hold on i'm just gonna brush it off a little bit it's big the actual machine i like how big it is i love how big the screen is big screen bigger than my bigger than my head yeah um and i like how high the control sticks are it feels it's weird to adjust to but actually feels really nice once you get started yeah i love these little back triggers they're nice they let you do a lot of extra stuff um, it's great. Um, I've been so I started. First thing I did was try to download Warhammer 40k Chaos Gate. Um, was immediately told that that will not be an option for me on the Steam Deck. Uh, the Steam Deck said, No, 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 that game is too much. Yeah, it's weird right now, right? It's like you can't tell exactly what the list of playable games is, well, or is it easy can. to find they've, out? They have since at, I did not know this. Um, until I got into playing with it. But if you go into Steam, if you go into your games that you own in the thing, you can filter them by playability. Um, I'm not sure. And I think you can do that also in the Steam store from the Steam Deck. I don't know if you can do that from your computer. Um, But that aside, so that was a big disappointment. I was like, oh, man, that was the game I wanted to play. But I was like, you know what? A lot of my other games are playable. Let's check some of these out. Pulled up Dark Deity. Very smooth, very fun. Pulled up Wildermyth, very smooth, very fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then got Persona 4 Golden running on this bad boy. Nice. And that is, ooh, ooh, runs so smooth. It looks great. The sound on this thing is really good. It can run a game from 2004. (laughs) Hey, it's later than that, and it's the update. 2008? Um, I think, no, I think Persona 4 was like, Persona 4 was like, uh, when was it? Let's see. Let's see when Persona Four came out. Uh, two thousand eight. <laughs> well, this is Persona Four Golden, so that sure. came out later. Yeah, yeah. 
Right, right, right. Um, but either way, it looks great. Sounds great. That actually was one of the things that struck me the most is that those pers- the Persona games, especially four and five, are so like music and style heavy in the audio that I was wondering how it would play on a handheld console. And it sounds great. Um, so that's very fun. And it really it runs it really smooth. It's really fun to play. My only complaint is that the battery life isn't amazing. It's not terrible. Like I can take it and go hang outside for like an hour and a half and play persona and like smoke a cigarette and chill. Yeah, and, that's and, that's I'll say it. That's terrible. An hour and a half is terrible. Well, I mean, I, it hour? might be long. It might be longer. That's just as long as I, you know, I've done it. Oh, but it didn't go down to zero. No, it didn't go down to zero. Okay. Yeah. I mean, if you get like three and a half, I feel like that's oh, decent. But I mean, yeah, when I look at that screen and probably the pixel quality, I'm like, yeah, that's going to take a lot of juice. Yeah, that's the thing is it I've I've mostly just played it plugged in because it does run out of batteries eventually and it heats up and whatnot. But it's been any game oh, that yeah. it says it can play. It has played totally smooth and without a huge number of problems unless I play Persona 5 for, say, nine to 11 hours straight. And then you start to see some performance issues from the heat and everything. Oh, wow. Yeah. What's the what's the temp like on that bad boy? Are we talking like bottom of a laptop? hot no but it gets pretty warm when i'm just like mainlining it yeah interesting because you know that's another another point for the switch that thing doesn't really get hot that thing runs on weird yeah that is one of my favorite things about matter energy uh that's interesting um yeah yeah so so can you play final fantasy 14 on that um you know what let's find out I haven't looked at you know, that. I don't y- think you've been mentioning a lot of games that are very easy to play, honestly. They're not like very technically challenging. Um did you really did you put anything that we would classify as next gen on the thing? Um not yet, but that, remember that is part of why I got the Steam Deck. Is I don't play a ton of games that are mega graphics heavy. I just can't get them because I don't yeah. have a PC because of the release style. And so that's why it's like the perfect toy for for me specifically. <laughs> um but like I said, every like the one thing about it that is true for sure is that loading times are quick, at least in everything that I've played. Um, and that really helps because like one thing that's annoying about like sometimes Persona games and certainly tactics games is like, oh, I have to wait, you know, all this plot is happening and I have to wait for like a long loading screen to like get going. Yeah. And the loading screens are like quick are like, you know, quick as a hiccup. Uh on this on this machine so far and so like that's been great i do want to try something a little bit more high res on it just to see what it can do um i don't have a ton of those games downloaded that's why i was hoping to be able to run the warhammer game because that one's pretty beefed out yeah because like um, i feel i feel like if you're able to play world of warcraft on that thing like that would slap that would be fucking awesome um but like According to a quick it's Google re- search, you can play uh, FF14 on it. Nice, because that has controller support. Yeah. So is so is there is that are those back buttons on it? Yeah, it's got back buttons. Nice. Yeah, it looks like a real. So far, so they've been for things like like moving the camera or added features or something. But I imagine that there will be better integration as like it's around longer. Yeah. So would you recommend it? Yeah, I would. I mean, definitely if you're someone like me who likes to play a ton of small indie games and like wants to experiment with like weird indie PC releases and stuff. It's like perfect for that shit. Like it's absolutely exactly what you want in that respect. Um, if you're someone who's playing more tootle tootle and big old games, it's worked for my friend Damon so far, but 
uh, I'd have to check in with him. But I think maybe in that, if that's the case, like you want to be playing these like triple A big high res titles, it's maybe pushing the machine or maybe not even doable. So I think that if you're into sort of like the fun indie like branch of Steam where they're sort of making like old like, you know, kind of rehashed 2022 spins on like Nintendo, early Nintendo and Sega games. Yeah. Um, not like adaptations, but like using those styles, like pixel art stuff and, and that kind of stuff. Um, it's like perfect. I think that if you are looking for something bigger, it's maybe you're maybe asking a little bit more than this guy's got. That's fair. Yeah. And if you want to play Warhammer 40K Chaos Gate, don't get it. See, like for me, I wouldn't buy a Steam Deck just because like I I love the Switch already, but the Switch I play every like four months. It's just like so not a main console for me. Um, so yeah, I just, I just don't see, see it as a worth value purchase, but you know what? I'm going to get it anyways. Yeah. Well, I think the switch comp is a good one because I don't think I can continue the conversation. It's too laggy. I think we just have to call it. It's I, I can't right, hear we can do that. Why don't you do an outro and we can just be out. <laughs> okay. Hey folks, listen, you got Griffin back and you got, I would say a good 82% of locks. Um, I'm really excited about the direction of the show. Uh, and by that, I mean, it's lack of direction and yeah, feeling good, feeling fit and podcasts are the past, present and future. Thank you to our fans. We'll see you next week. Goodbye.